This episode of Unsalvageable is brought to you by Art by Grace Shirk. Attention art lovers, sentimentals, and anyone looking to capture a special moment. Look no further than Art by Grace Shirk on Instagram. That's Shirk spelled S-H-I-R-K. Now, Grace is a super talented artist who creates stunning works of art in a variety of mediums. Now, she specializes in personal watercolor portraits, mainly pets and botanicals, but she can paint whatever you'd like. Grace works closely with clients to ensure that each piece is personalized and unique. All you gotta do is to send her a message on Instagram and a photo and she can get to work creating a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. Now, Grace hasn't always taken like clients through Instagram or anything. Like this has been just like a word of mouth personal thing that she's done. She's an incredible artist, but I personally can tell you how special and how amazing she is. Uh, my dog, who is about to turn 12 years old and has some health ailments, and I was looking for something really, really special, and she painted a picture based on a picture I sent her, and it is so realistic and so beautiful. My sweet golden retriever, Khaleesi, I just, as soon as I got it in the mail, I started sobbing because it was so beautiful. This is something that's so special. You guys should really check her out. And guess what? Like, I just want you all to know, since we're all dummies and we forget, Mother's Day and Father's Day are both around the corner. You've got less than a month until Mother's Day. So right now is the perfect time to order a personalized portrait for that special someone. And don't forget that these, they also make great gifts. We're talking anniversaries, birthdays, graduations coming up. There are a whole just myriad of different reasons why you should get one of these paintings. And here's some great news. If you mention the code unsalvageable, you can get half off your order today. Simply send that message on Instagram, say that Unsalvageable sent you, boom, 50% off right there and then. And half off on something like this is no, no small discount. Like this is a really big deal. And so make sure that you head over. You can take a look at her previous works. It's all really good stuff. So head on over to Art by Grace Shirk. That's S-H-I-R-K on Instagram. Check it all out mention unsalvageable and take advantage of this limited time offer. Sarah, may may I get on my soapbox real quick? I would love for you to. I think that every teacher, especially the teachers of young children like preschool and like kindergarten, they should all be millionaires. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That job is so hard. And I speak this after I, I am my, my son's t-ball coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm exhausted <laughs> after one hour of trying to teach five and six-year-olds how to play the game of baseball. Have you ever tried to get like a handful of five and six-year-olds to learn how to run the bases? No. Uh, one time I helped organize a birthday party for that age of person. Nightmare. And just getting them to all listen to one thing. Yeah. It's like hurting cats. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a futile uh, experiment. So I don't know why you're actually trying to teach them anything. Because <laughs> I, am, I am molding the youth of tomorrow. The children are our future. Yeah. 
let me be clear. <laughs> I will not be returning next season. <laughs> yeah. Well, my best friend was just uh, was just her son, who is four, I think. It was his, his soccer coach for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like... This is impossible. Like, it's so hard. <laughs> and like no one no one helps you. Nobody gives you any resources. Like there's no No, there's no manual to this stuff. <laughs> and yeah. and like she ended up spending just like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we've already made multiple target trips. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, all teachers deserve a raise. Yeah, shout out to all teachers. Um, we love we- you. We think that you should be the highest paid profession in the country. And welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, the season is over. But the sun is shining. Yeah, I know. It's like 65 degrees and sunny today. It's gorgeous. I've I've gotten more vitamin D in the last two days than I did the last five months. The other day? I nothing, sh- nothing can blow my high right now. I wore shorts and a tank top the Let's other day. Let's go. Sun's out, guns out, gams out. It was all happening. Yeah. I went on a bike ride uh, Monday afternoon. I woke up super early and I got all my work done so that I could take the afternoon off. Yeah. I got sunburn. Excellent. And I, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Excellent. I've never been happier to, like, apply aloe vera. Like I tweeted out, I, I you know I always do like little ride recaps and stuff, and I said like this winter really felt like a prison sentence. Yeah. And like I finally feel like I'm out on good behavior, like I'm red in Shawshank Redemption, finally getting out. Greg, I've never seen that movie. Come God on, damn you! <laughs> That's like um, one of the best movies. Okay, I like so, listen. I can understand so, some more of like the like the more abstract movies. That's the that, thing. I've never seen all the best movies. I've never seen any of them. Okay, fine. We're, uh, you and Colin, can, are, we're gonna have a little movie night. You and Colin are gonna come over. We're gonna watch twenty years of film. Yes. <laughs> I made I made Lindsay watch Goodfellas over the holidays, and she was also like, wow, I've never seen it. That's actually really good, Greg. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> No shit, it's Scorsese. Yeah, that's what I said last year when I watched Fargo. I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. And everyone's like, yeah, it's an Oscar-winning film. Uh, Wow, those Coen brothers. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, I just don't know anything. I couldn't tell you another Coen brother movie. I love having conversations from 1994. (laughs) So the other day, so after Jazz Exit Interviews. Uh uh, That was a good segue. This is going to be great. Yeah, this fits right in. Judd. General manager Justin Zanuck, he's sitting there talking with me and the other reporters, and uh, he said something about making fun of Walker Kessler because he doesn't want he hasn't seen any movies. And well, I was Walker like, Walker Kessler's like four years old, right? But as he was saying that, like the other writers like kind of turned and looked at me, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't think this is the best conversation for actually. Uh, at least one fourth of this group, Justin. And anyway, check out Sarah on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he was like, he was like, well, Walker hasn't even seen things like Shawshank Redemption. I was like, yeah, me neither. And he was like, or like The Godfather. I was like, yeah, I'd never seen it. And he's like, wait, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. I've... And then he said, oh, what did he say? Michael Clayton? Michael Clayton's great. I, I was like, I've never even heard of that. Is that a person? <laughs> oh, it's a George Clooney movie. Yeah. And then he was like, do you like George Clooney? And I was like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> Clooney's kind of mad to me, but that movie's good. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, uh, still still stands. <laughs> but I love a Wayans brother joint. <laughs> I'm uh, Whomst among Whomst. us. Yeah. Homest indeed. Blank man, major pain, White scary chicks. movie two in particular. I'll do it myself. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Like, all right. My friends and I used to joke all the time. We would say my germs. Yeah. I, man, I used if to. If you know, you know. I used to only quote that movie. I used to say, I used to just very <laughs> calmly say, why don't you give me a stand in ovation? <laughs> I love it. Anyways. All right, let's talk uh, <sighs> jazz basketball since, you know, that's what we're here for. All right, we have a couple of things to get through here at the top of the episode. And then we're going to look back at what our preseason predictions were for the jazz and for the league, etc. And uh, and laugh at how stupid we are. And so uh, that's that's what you're in for in this episode. <laughs> First and foremost, the jazz season ended. Yes, it did. They were in L.A. Uh, I mean, it officially ended before that, but it came to a close on the night when Rudy Gobert decided to punch his teammate. Hilarious. Incredible. Hilarious. <laughs> it was perfect. Love it. I I love the NBA so much. I'm just going to say now, I never want to hear Rudy Gobert talk about MMA ever again. Yeah, I mean, I I really do think that if he intended to punch Kyle Anderson, he absolutely would have. Yeah, he does have like dulcim arms. Yeah, he's got a seven nine wingspan. Yeah. So like, if he really actually meant to hit Kyle Anderson in the face, I think he, he probably could have got in it. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. It's just so interesting. I mean, I think that the Cavs are having a good time. If we're like looking across at the other players in the league that were on that Jazz team, right? Like, I love the Cavs. Yeah, but I'm one of the things that I was thinking about that night was like watching kind of the meltdown in Minnesota. I mean, that was a bad night for Minnesota because Rudy Gobert tries to punch Kyle Anderson. Torian Prince ends up pushing Gobert. Gobert leaves. They send him home. He doesn't finish the game. Later on, Jaden McDaniels is punching the wall in the tunnel. Breaks and his breaks hand. His hand. Breaks He's his done hand. for the year. DPOY candidate. Yeah. The Timberwolves best defender. And so I'm looking at that just like all absolutely melt down. And I think it's reminding me of how just bad the vibes were with the jazz last year mm-hmm. and just how everything just nothing felt right. And every little like perceived slight felt amplified and everything and, felt laborious. Oh, it was just like such a slog. It was, yeah. It was like running through waist deep mud. And then the, I'm watching this jazz team play the Lakers and lose to them. 
while having a ball. Oh, and they're and they could not be having a better time. Mm-hmm. Like they are screaming. The you've got Lowry Marketing and Colin Sexton just like screaming their heads off on the sidelines, so excited mm-hmm. for like when Chris Dunn does something cool, they're losing their mind. And you go into the locker room and like after the game and like guys were happy because like there's there's hope on the horizon, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean we talked about it in our in our last episode about just how successful this season was and just personally, selfishly, all I wanted this season was exactly that. Yeah. Because last season was so miserable. Yeah. Like I'm I'm a fan like I don't make money doing this. I do it because I love it. And I love watching basketball. I did not like watching the Utah Jazz play basketball last year. It was not a good time. And there were a lot of times where, like, the thought that kept entering my mind is, like, I could be doing anything other than this. I could be teaching five- and six-year-olds how to run the base paths. (laughs) Which no one wants to do. would be much more enjoyable. Then watching this jazz team blow their 17th consecutive fourth quarter lead. Now, just very quickly, a, a point to bring up there. Um, we're recording this on Saturday, April 15th, uh-huh. and the Atlanta Hawks, coached by Quinn Snyder, are currently trailing by 30 points at halftime. Bah, God. <laughs> That's Stone Cold's music. Uh yeah. The that team that team was difficult to you know to be someone that had basically a front row seat to the implosion, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was and I I stand by th- this that like it is very easy to cover bad basketball whether that's a team that is imploding or a team that's on a rebuild and they're just playing bad basketball like I it, if you're at the very, very top, like that kind of gets boring to cover as a journalist, right? Like, right. Because, oh, they're winning again. They're good. Like, that's just what you're talking about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from a from a reporting perspective, it was excellent. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean. But like as a, as a human, though, it was like, it was very hard to watch that team just like slowly and steadily just like completely implode. Yeah, it was like watching. It's like, it was like watching a slow moving car wreck. Like I live on mm-hmm. a hill. We've had we had a really nasty winter. I witnessed quite a few car crashes this this uh, winter in my neighborhood, and it, it felt it was a, kind of that exact same thing. It was like you're watching the whole thing happen, and you right. see it's like watching a car slide down the hill, and you know eventually it's going to collide with something, and yeah. there's nothing the driver can do, and there's nothing that I can do. Other than feel sick to my stomach because you know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was really weird. Um, and then, but on the flip side, it was like it was so so nice to just watch these guys be so happy and like, even guys like Juan Toscano Anderson, who's probably he he is not under contract. He is mm-hmm. not going to be on this team. Like he was so happy at the end of this season and Rudy Gay, who like we know was not happy last year. Yeah. Vocally had, unhappy. Yeah. And like, uh, 
he said some really interesting things in his exit interview that I think gave a lot of perspective about that. Uh-huh. It's like he's ex- he is now at a point in his career where he is accepting the role that he has. The difference between last season and this season is that last season he was told he would have one role uh-huh. and then it was not real. And this season he was told exactly what the deal was. And he was like, okay, as long as I know up front, not a problem. And uh, yeah. And like, I mean, he walked out with a smile on his face out of the locker room and I love it. I just, I, it was this season. It makes me so, so excited about the off season and about covering this team next season, because mm-hmm. like it, everything feels like, Oh, it can only go up. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. If you go in like, you know, press rewind and and talk you know listen to what we were talking about at the beginning of the season we wanted those stories who's gonna who's gonna rise to the top who's gonna be the big surprise this year like who were we excited to watch develop and like it turned out multiple guys yeah including guys who were not on this team to start the season right you know and like none of us would have predicted Lowry Markin and having the season he did. No. None of us would have predicted Walker Kessler would be in the top three in rookie of the year candidates. None yeah. of us, none of us would have predicted that Chris Dunn, who seemed to who was out of the NBA and was in the G League. It's totally revitalized his career. Yeah. And looks like a completely different player. Absolutely. Shot, what did he shoot for from three this year? Like 40 something percent? Yes. Yeah, like we're talking about Chris Dunn, yeah. whose big knock was he, he can't shoot. Offense. Yeah, he can play. He can play offense. Period. It's like he had a yeah. absolutely below average offensive game. And could, yeah, couldn't conduct an offense. Couldn't run a pick and roll. Couldn't yeah. Couldn't do much of anything. And now Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn shot forty seven percent from three this year. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so. I feel like a broken record saying this, but like you have to have so much optimism going into next season because this team is brimming with potential. We're talking about a team everybody thought was going to be in like the bottom five, not only in the Western Conference, but in the league. Right. And this team almost made the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Almost made the play in. Well, and like, you know. They they had I think it was fifty of their games were decided by five points or less in the last five minutes. Like they played yeah. in fifty clutch games, and that is invaluable experience for a yep. guy like Markinen, who now going into next season, he's the guy. Yeah, and he's now he's got that experience of like, okay, I need to go and win this game. Right. You also have two rookies in your starting lineup who had invaluable experiences. Yeah. Because of that. And like that, those are the type of experiences you can learn from and capitalize on. And I have full, full faith in, in those guys, as well as, as coach Hardy to be able to capitalize on those moments. Yeah, definitely. Um, A few other things from the exit interviews that were interesting Um, on the player side. I think what's interesting was how, um, well, Damian Jones, pretty much, uh, who we had on here, uh, last week, sweet kid, absolute sweet boy. We love him. Uh, it sounds like he is almost certainly going to pick up his player option, which means that he'll be under contract with the team next season. You could do a hell of a lot worse than Damian Jones is your backup center. 
on a $2.5 million contract. Uh-huh. Oh, just, you know, just the guy who shot 60% from three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it, in addition to that, um, I was a little bit surprised in exit interviews how, um, how positively Talon Horton Tucker sounded when asked about his player option. Like he, he even said that he, you know, he thought that he did good, but he still has a lot of impro- room for improvement. And I think that's an honest assessment, right? And he then he said, "You know, I I don't I would love to be back here. It's going to obviously his agent Rich Paul. That's going to be a whole thing that they're going to discuss. It's probably going to come down to like whether or not Rich thinks that Talon can make more money on the open market. But what Talon said was like, I loved my time here. I don't know who who wouldn't. Yeah." And so, and like Talon looked like a different player at the end of the season than he did at the beginning of the season. Eh. And that's not to say that I don't have gripes. And there's not, you know, I think it is an honest assessment. I think there were certain things that he did quite well. I think there are a laundry list of things he needs to work on and improve on. Yeah. But I, you could see the development in his game this year. Right. I like, I like that. He felt that there was an investment in yeah. his development, mm-hmm. um, which can go a long way for a player. Like to feel like the coaching staff is actually invested, uh, rather than they're just kind of rolling you out there. And right. so that that that's sort of what stood out to me from the front office side of things. Um, Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge, like more or less, said like. Um, Kelly Olenek has a partially guaranteed contract um, that becomes guaranteed, I think, on June 28th. Uh-huh. If they don't if they do not do anything, it becomes guaranteed. They could waive him before that and just pay $3 million rather than $12 million. Yeah. And more or less, they were like, Kelly's going to be with us. And that's great. Kelly, did, Kelly had an incredible season. Connective tissue. Connective tissue, exactly. Yeah, I think that... I don't have a lot of gripes about Kelly. He really stepped up when he needed to. He he just does – he doesn't do anything great, but he does so many things well. Yeah, and I think that Kelly is actually a kind of a better locker room guy for the young players than I originally knew that he would be. He seems like a good vibes guy. He Listen, if Jordan guy. Clarkson comes out and says Kelly o- or Kelly Olynyk is the coolest guy out there – right. Who am I (laughs) to disagree? Yeah, we must agree. Sure. Yeah. I would not hate seeing Kelly Olenek on this team next year. Yeah. A couple of other things. Um, I was was very, very uh, happy to hear what Will Hardy said when I asked him about like plans for players for the off season, because you know, you go around the locker room and you're asking guys like, what do you want to do this summer? What are you going to work on? And a lot of these young guys will say like, Oh, I'm going to work on everything. Like, I just want to be an all around better player. And when I asked Will Hardy about this, he's like, I'm glad that you brought that up because mm-hmm. that's dangerous. <laughs> he's like, when we sit down with these guys in exit interviews and it's like, what are you going to work on? I want them to say like two things because you can't become great at everything in one off season. Yeah. You need to have focus. And so he like he said that one player came to him and had a list of six things and asked Will to rank them. And so he was like, okay, I rank this one number one, this one number two, and then the rest of them are seven, eight, nine, and ten. 
I love that. Yeah. It sounds really similar uh, just as a way that I can relate this, you know, when I work with a personal trainer and I'm like, you know, I want to get jacked. I want to get shredded. I want to lift the entire gym. Okay, let's be a little bit more specific. He's like, let's like, work on your calves. Yeah, sure. Like first <laughs> yeah. thing, like there are there are steps to this. Right. And exactly. we need like I know I understand you want to get up to the top of the mountain, but we got to do that in stages, guys. Yeah. And Will Hardy being like, listen, this is this is not like you don't have a year, you have an off season. Yeah, you've got three and a half months. Yeah. And so uh I I like that his his plans for these players are going to be more focused and more intentional than just kind of like, you know, be with your trainer, right? Like it's going to be more, more detailed than that. And then from, uh, from Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck, I mean, God, Danny was smiling so much when asked about like this off season and what he was looking forward to. He just looked like a kid in a candy store. He was like, we've got money. We've got draft picks. He literally said the word shopping spree. (laughs) (laughs) $60 million. (laughs) Like, yeah. And I went through and I like tried to look at like the cap situation. And I figured out that uh, if every player opted in and they, they, Keep Kelly Olenek and even on the partial guarantees on Lucas Samanich and Chris Dunn, if they keep them. Does that include uh, extending Jordan Clarkson? No, it would be at Jordan Clarkson's right now, his his current player option, right? If he were to pick that up. Okay. I think that if they extend him, we're probably looking at adding like $6 million Uh a year. And so, yeah. Just keeping that in mind. But if all of those players opted in and everyone was here and they picked up everyone and kept everyone on roster, they would still have like over $30 million. Yeah. So it's just the cupboards are so full. It's ridiculous. It's so, it's so silly. Yeah. And um, the way that, that Danny and Justin are looking at things, I think is... Uh, exactly how you would want the front office to, because they, they were really, they wanted to make a point in the exit interviews of saying like, listen, everyone's very excited and everyone's like, Oh, the, the, the rebuild has been accelerated because of Lowry and Walker. And they're like, and Danny was like, listen, when I look at Walker, did he have an impressive rookie year? Like, yes. Uh And he's like, he's still a rookie. He has a long way to go to learn. And, and so they, he, yeah, there were still games he was played off the floor as good as he was. Right. And so Danny was like, you know, this doesn't make us a great team. What happened this season does not make us a great team. Mm-hmm. And so we're not looking at like anything as a timeline. Like, when do we want to be great? We're trying to look at things like very realistically. Like, do we have some good pieces? Yes. Now, what can we do? Yeah. How and do so, we make it better? How do we make it better? And then like be really intentional about the growth of Walker Kessler. And, and they said like, you know, Lowry had an incredible season. Like we did not anticipate him being all-star all NBA, et cetera. Can we sustain it now? Like there, there's all of these steps that have to be met with a little bit of tempered expectation. And so I, I like that approach. I like that. They're looking at it as like everyone else is very excited. We need, we need to just stay focused. Yeah. So, job's not done. 
Uh, real quick update. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, failed the Utah Jazz and made the playoffs. And so the Jazz will be getting the 16th pick from them. Cool. Great. Um, the Jazz will have ninth best lottery odds with their own pick, which gives them like a 20% chance-ish at getting a top four pick and a 4.5% chance at the number one pick. Uh, then they'll have pick 16 from Minnesota and pick 28 from Philadelphia. Tight. Cool. Yeah. I, I like Honestly, I look at that and I'm like, would I have traded where the Jazz are now for like a, you know, like a better chance at the top four pick? Probably not. Yeah. And that's the thing is, would I would I trade where the Jazz are now for Victor? Yes. <laughs> sure, yeah. But like, like but the, the chance at Victor is not guaranteed. You have an 86% chance of not getting Victor. Yeah. Even if you have the worst record in the league. Yeah. And so And instead, you have an all NBA guy. Right. You have an all rookie guy. And who you has, have a guy who probably would have also made an all rookie team had he played all season. Yeah, exactly. Like you're in a really good position. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Let's look at um, our. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Um, okay, I'm making a note. You know, I'm looking at mine. Mine aren't terrible. I haven't even looked at this since we did them. All okay. right, should I do? Should I just go through the list? Yeah. How do you want okay, to do this? so so we went through now we're gonna talk about this again when the end of season awards are awarded, but uh-huh. uh these are what we predicted for end of season awards. <laughs> it's not horrible. No. I picked for MVP, I picked Joel Embiid. And I picked Jokic. And I am right. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rookie of the year, I picked uh, Paolo Boncaro. And I picked Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray, number one, is going to be on an all-rookie team. He's really good. Uh, I think probably if the the rookie ballot would have gone four deep, he probably would have been number four on it. Sure. He had a great season. Yeah. Made more threes than any rookie in the history of the NBA. Incredible. Not a bad pick. And is a part of the Sacramento Kings team. That the is in- funnest team in the NBA. Cannot, Do not at me. Cannot wait to watch that series. Yeah, I'm, as a, I'm so as a Bay Area girl? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Like, the Crack idea cocaine for you. Warriors-Kings series is just like a Northern California Christmas miracle for everyone. And I love it. I love it. It's BYU versus Utah for... Seven games potentially, and I'm pulling for That's the Kings. So exciting! I'm pulling for the Kings. I want. I, I want. I'm I want pulling for. The, I want the Kings to win. Yeah. I, I. I'm not putting money on the Kings. Absolutely. Let's not. just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else do we got here? Uh, coach, coach of the year. I had Ty Lue. I had <laughs> JB Bickerstaff. Could do worse. Cavs had a good season. Cavs had a great season. Ty yeah. Lue's an incredible coach. He is. He's very very good. Um, and actually I mean, did quite well with the season he had. Here's the thing. Mike Brown is going to win coach of the year in a landslide. Rightfully and, so. And neither of us saw him 
taking the Kings to a three seed. I didn't have the Kings in the playoffs. Incredible stuff. Absolutely. They hadn't made the playoffs in 17 years. I love it. I love it so much. George Bush Jr. was president the last time the Kings made the playoffs. <laughs> God, now I'm depressed for two reasons. <laughs> um, Sixth man of the year, you had Malcolm Brogdon. I had Jordan Poole. Brogdon's going to win it. Yeah, either Great him job. or quickly. Um, I think it's more likely Brogdon wins because he's I on the Celtics. I think Brogdon's going to win. Yeah. Um, DPOY, you had Bam Adebayo. I had Evan Mobley. Mobley is a finalist for DPOY. And, and, and if you look at the, the leaked votes, right. Mobley's going to win. So, good pick. Uh, most improved player, we were so wrong. So wrong. I had John Wall. <laughs> I hope John Wall is enjoying Houston. I hope he's okay. I hope he I is do. too. Uh, you had Tyrese Maxey. Not bad. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of us saw... Lowry Markinen. Lowry Markinen. Or I knew Shy was good. I didn't know Shy is on the precipice of superstardom. Not yeah. just stardom. Shy's a star. He's so good. I mean... And if- sorry, if you if you you are on the precipice or you are a superstar if you are averaging... 30 points per game and are probably going to be first team all NBA. If the, if the thunder had had a more secure playoff spot, if they had had more wins this season, Shea would have been like pretty squarely in the MVP conversation. He was so good. Yeah. Easily one of my five favorite players in the league to watch this season. Yeah. He is so much fun. I don't know if there is a team right now with a brighter future than the Thunder. Very, very fun. I mean, they did this without Chet. What are they going to do next season? Dude, I, I am really interested to see what that team looks like when they actually are full, full on going. Yeah. Like, but it seems like they, they've done a really good job of building that like prototypical super versatile modern NBA roster. Everybody on that team is between 6'5 and 6'9. It can do a little bit of everything. Giddy's a lot better than I thought he was. He's too. good. He's, he's good. Like, he's very like Swiss army knife kind of And guy. they've got a guy who could potentially win, have won rookie of the year. In, in Chet. Uh, oh, he and... Well, and they have won this year, Jalen Williams. And Jalen Williams. Like, it would not surprise me in the slightest if Chet ends up winning Rookie of the Year next year. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. It's well, really no, good. Actually, that absolutely would surprise me because it will be Victor. I mean, yeah. Again, if I was going to be a betting man, I'd put it on Victor. But, like, right. I wouldn't – like, my jaw would not hit the floor if Chet has an incredible season. and Right. You know, or, like – Something happens to Wemby and he, you know, isn't right. able to play. I do think that Wemby's going to be very good. Oh, Holy shit. Good. I'm so excited to watch him next season. I know. Um, okay. And then we had our our predictions for the, the top eight in each conference. Mm-hmm. Honestly, looking pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Bucks. I had Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Heat. Cavs, Nets, Raptors, Bulls. So I missed on the bottom. Right. Which, like, fine. I didn't expect the Knicks to be as good as they are. Jalen Brunson's for real. 
Yeah, uh, they're definitely, a good fun team. Definitely didn't expect for the Knicks to be good. I had Sixers, Cavs, Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Raptors, Heat, Hawks. Again, mm-hmm. on the bottom, we didn't expect the 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 Nets to be good. Yeah, or the Knicks to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Western Conference. I had Golden State as the number one seed, followed by the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Mavericks, and the Lakers. Dude, it is crazy that the Mavericks didn't make the playoffs. It is. I don't think people understand how funny it is that the Dallas Mavericks gave up Dory, Dorian Finney-Smith, very good player. Spencer Dinwiddie, very good player. And future draft picks for what is likely 20 games of 20, Kyrie Irving. 20 games. Yeah, 20 games of bad basketball played by Kyrie Irving. It is one of the funniest implosions I've ever seen. Mark Cuban I, has to have the most audacity of any man I can think of to show his face on Shark Tank anymore. <laughs> I I don't want to hear about your investments. You blew it. It is I understand Luca doing, you know, like his end of season interviews and saying that he's happy in Dallas and like that he hears the reports and that he doesn't see any uh validity to them that he would want out of Dallas. I hear all of that. It I it goes into my brain and I process it and I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it goes into my brain, it's processed, and the thing that comes out is that's so weird. That's exactly what came out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah, he looked so sad. Yeah. Like he spent those 20 games on the sideline looking like his dog died. Yeah. I I just don't I don't believe that if the Mavericks can't prove to him that they have something viable and sustainable and real that he is going to want to stay. He's one of the best basketball players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Listen, I know the optics, especially in Salt Lake city in Utah won't be great with the jazz trotting out a lineup of Walker Kessler, Lowry (laughs) Markinen, and Luka Doncic. And Kelly (laughs) Olenek. And Kelly (laughs) Olenek. I know we will get nicknames like the Lou Klux Klan. <laughs> I do not care because it's you know Lou, what will feel Lou better Lou. than any of those stinging puns? A one-way ticket to Title Town. <laughs> Title Town, baby. That's what I'm here for. Make it happen. Make some phone calls. Unstock yeah. the cupboards. The optics would be so so bad. bad. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Oh god! <laughs> Any other place but Utah. I was talking uh, with with our good friend Tom Sexton. Uh, he was on Brigham Young Money, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months ago. He mentioned that same thing because we were talking basketball, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you guys want to change perceptions, and you're going to build around Larry Markinen yeah. and Walker <laughs> Kessler. Yeah. Great, great stuff." Because we yeah. were talking about Ryan Smith and how he wants to like rebrand the state of Utah and all that. Like, there's mm-hmm. been multiple write ups about it. And, 
anyway, thought that was really funny. Anyway, Luca to Utah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I had in my Western Conference, I had Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors, Grizzlies, Wolves, Mavericks, Lakers, Pelicans. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we, not bad. We didn't believe in the Kings. To be fair, there's not exactly a long history of establishing belief in the Kings. It's not as if they have lived up to expectations over the past three presidential terms. No, no, they absolutely haven't. Let's see. Uh, finals predictions. I had Clippers over Sixers. You had Bucks over Clippers. I do not think the Clippers are making the finals. No. I do, however, think the Bucks are going to make the finals. I do think that the Bucks are going to make the finals. I think that I, I think the Bucks are pretty far and away the best team in the NBA. I legitimately have no idea what's going to happen in the West. Yeah. Can I make a bold statement? Yes, please. Phoenix comes out of the West. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is they that- haven't lost with Kevin Durant in the lineup. I understand it's a small sample size. Yeah. But like, how do you stop that? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Kevin Durant. And like your second option is Devin Booker. I know. It's really good. Who would be a number one option on just about any other team in the league. Yeah. And, and by the way, you also have Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Yeah. I understand it's, Chris Paul was older than dirt, but like now you don't have to fully rely on him. You don't even have to rely on him to run the offense. Yeah. Yeah. I wish, you know, I, I kind of want good things for Denver, but man, I don't trust that defense. I don't trust that bench. Yeah, that too. But that defense is porous as a pumice stone you gotta wonder if if michael malone is going to lose his job if i mean honestly if the nuggets don't make the western conference finals yeah that would be interesting which is yeah it's really interesting because i think mike malone's a good coach but yeah, but I there's mean, some heavy expectations. And like I don't I don't expect big things from the Nuggets. Like I think there are pretty and, and please feel free to push back on me. I think there are some pretty definitive tiers coming into this NBA playoffs. And I think tier number one is the Bucks and yeah. just the Bucks. Yeah. I think right be- right beneath them, it might actually be like a one A, one B. Is the Celtics. Yeah, Bucks Celtics are at the top. Right up at the top. And then in the next one, you have, I would say, the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Sixers. Sixers, And that's it. Right. Like, I think there can be some intriguing matchups, and like I think they'll be they'll be fun. I don't have any faith in the Grizzlies. Uh, you know, and I'm looking at other teams. I like, I like the Kings. I think they're fun. I don't believe that they have what it takes. Same thing with the Knicks. I think the Cavs are a year or two and a couple players away from really being contenders. And like, it's it's pretty definitive to me. Yeah. I'd love to be proven wrong, but that's the thing. Is like, I would love. I I really want this postseason to just be like pure chaos, and for like just teams in the west to come out like put the kings in the western conference finals i'd love i I would love it yeah like i want to see something unexpected 
and to see that a team has more than what we thought they had, right? Yeah. Give give me the NBA ver- version of San Diego State making it to the title game. God, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Give it to me. I, but, yeah, I would love to see it. I don't expect it to happen, but right. that's what I'm praying for. I mean, but I'm to my point though, like a guy who already has two MVPs and is up for a third one and you had all you have been at the top of the Western Conference all year long like if once again you flame out in the second round yeah i i think that Michael Malone might actually have some pressure on this playoffs especially making the trade and acquiring Aaron Gordon yeah and like he was supposed to be the final piece I, I do agree. I think there are there is a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's Denver. pressure on the Nuggets right now. I also don't think they have what it takes to beat a fully healthy Phoenix Suns team in seven. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Kevin Durant is so good at basketball. Yeah, that's. I mean, yes. <laughs> Especially yes, playoff Kevin Durant. Yeah. That is not somebody somebody I want to face for seven games. Also, I just want to say, for the first time in 10 years, I get to just watch the playoffs. Hell yes. And I am so excited. I love playoff basketball so much, but I get to watch every game. Can you shut up so we can go watch the games? Yeah, I know. I've been doing this for over 40 minutes. (laughs) I intentionally offered to clean my house today. So that so I can watch just... the games. I had yeah. the game on on on. We have two. T- I have a TV in the bedroom, and I have a TV in the uh, the living room. They're both on the same game, so that if See, I'm vacuuming or if I'm cleaning, don't have to miss a thing. Good news is that we're probably just missing the Celtics absolutely wrecking the Hawks even more right now. Um, God, I hope that that team just gets gutted. Yeah, me too. I hate That'd that be... that that Hawks team is as miserable. As last year's Jazz. The, and what's weird about it, it. Is that, what's weird about it is that I pretty much love every single player on that. They should team. be. That's the thing that's so that that, that except drives for Trey me Young. insane. Yeah, Trey Young's the baby dicked villain. <laughs> we don't um, like him. He's Captain Baby Nuts. I love John Collins. I love DeAndre I, Hunter. I love Bogdan Bogdanovich. I love Clint I, Capella. That's the I, thing that's so like so frustrating about this team is that Sadiq they have such Bay, a good DeJounte Murray. Such a good collection of I love that we're like harmonizing right now. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> such a good collection of talent. And they can't make it work. They're so I I love those players and it's I just, just four quarters of fart noises. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. mixed in with the curb your enthusiasm theme. Just yeah, what? This okay. is an important podcast. This is this is where <laughs> basketball lovers come to get the real information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the let's let's see? Uh, Jazz record. They won thirty-seven games. I had them at twenty-two and sixty. You had them at twenty-four and fifty-eight. Yeah, they they were way better than any of us predicted, and they played way harder than I would have ever given them credit to, which. It's one of my favorite things about Will Hardy. It's very funny because we we made all these predictions before the preseason, I believe. Yeah, and now we have a totally different team and like had no idea what what to expect from 
Will Hardy coming into the season. I had most improved player Jared Butler. He wasn't even on the team. Yeah. Let me see. What did I have? I think I had Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Right. Dude, he is playing so good for yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, he's balling. He's balling yeah. out. Uh, Yeah. Great stuff. Our predictions. Done. Yeah. We Great. did it. Woo! Let's go watch some basketball. Let's go watch some basketball. You guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. We really, really appreciate it when you guys do that stuff. And I know that I say this every episode, and you probably aren't even listening to this because you've already stopped the episode and stopped listening. But please rate, review, subscribe, and download because it's really important to us. It really is. Um, you can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can follow our producer, Matt. If he was even here to do his job at curb your enthusiasm slash fart noises at twitter.com. <laughs> and we will talk to you next time. Pay teachers more money. Please. <laughs>